Okay, um, before I get too far into it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to springboard into my message by telling you uh, what happened uh, to me last night. Uh, I was at, uh, for those of you guys that were here when Randy Clark was here, well, he invited me to go with him to a conference in um, Pittsburgh. And so I, on the way home, I stopped at, uh, in North Carolina. It was a connecting stop in Charlotte. Well, I'm a huge basketball fan. And so um, I'm in Charlotte last night. I think it was around 7-ish. And uh, I go to my gate. I find my gate. And now I'm looking for somewhere, anywhere, where they're playing the Final Four on a screen basketball. Now, if you T-vote it, I'm not going to ruin the game for you. But... Uh, I'm looking, I'm looking for a TV somewhere. So right across the hall from my gate is this sports bar. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. So I walk in (laughs) to the sports bar and I put my stuff down and the, the game is on. And I am so into it. I'm so into it. I'm screaming, I'm biting my nails, I'm freaking out. And the game goes all the way down to the last tenth of a second, and somebody won the game, or a last second, or something like that. It was like a la- that the, per- the team that won won by one point, one point. I was freaking out. So I got my stuff, I gave the bartender a high five, you're friends with the whole bar by the time something like that happens. It's been nice, it's been real, it's been real nice. I got to go to church tomorrow, I'll see y'all later. (laughs) I walk across the hall to my gate, and I'm like, man, I'm flying to Houston. That's a big hub, there should be more people in this gate. (laughs) I'm like, that's cool though, whatever, you know. So I walk up to the lady, and I got my, my phone out ready to scan, and she's like, are you Frankie Mazza Mazza? I'm like, oh, here we go. She's like, I've been calling you for the last five minutes. You've missed your flight. I'm like, I can't miss my flight. I got to preach tomorrow morning. I, I can't. She's like, let me see if I can help you. So she starts plugging away. And I'm looking at this woman. I'm like, God, thank you. Thank you. She's being nice to me. She, click, 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 she goes, we got no flights to Houston. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? So she goes, I can, I can fly you to Dallas, and you can spend the night in Dallas, and then tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., they have a flight that will fly you to Houston. You'll be there at 8.08. I'm like, church starts in 52 minutes after that. Like, I live in Houston. There's an accident. Every single road is under construction. <laughs> like, there is a cone everywhere. Like, like, I'll never make it. So I was like, get me to Dallas. Once I get in Texas, the anointing will step in and I'll know what to do. <laughs> Something about Texas, man. I don't know. Like, get me out of here. Just get me to Texas, right? I want to the stars that night. So, um, so I get to Texas. It's midnight. And I'm like, okay, I can go to the hotel. Um, I don't know what to do, but what was funny is once I realized that I I missed my flight, I went back to the bar to think. (laughs) So I come in, I got my head down, and I felt like Norm at Cheers. Norm! I was like, hey! (laughs) 
And I just wasn't nearly as happy, and I'm just like sitting there with my head down. But anyway, so I get home, I, I get to, uh, I, I fly into Dallas, I get to Dallas at midnight, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to Uber my way home. So I punch in, I'm like, nobody's ever going to take this, no one's going to take, you know, no one is in the mood for a four-hour drive in the middle of the night. So I pick like a, a Yukon so I can go to sleep in the back seat, right? So I, I punch in Yukon and like, bink, it gets accepted. I'm like, yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm like, I'm on the curb and people are looking at me like, you don't know what I've been through. You can't ruin my testimony. So I'm like, <laughs> guy pulls up and he gets out of the car and he comes around to open the door for me. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. And he's like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, let's rock and roll. Let's rock and roll. Let's do this. And I can't understand why he's not matching my energy. I'm like, let's do this, baby. Come on, let's do this. I get in the back seat and I didn't know that they don't know where they're going until after the person gets in the car. <laughs> he clicked accept and went, oh, shit. <laughs> and so I think he's about to kick me out. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, let's make some money tonight. Come on. Let's make some money. Let's make some money. I'm giving him a massage, right? Let's make some money tonight. Come on. Let's make some money. Let's make some money. He goes, I need to call my wife. Oh, yes, you do. You need to call your wife. So he's, he talks in a different language to his wife, and I'm like, wife, please, 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 God, touch, touch the wife, touch the wife, touch the wife. Uh, it's, it's always crazy to me, because it doesn't matter what culture you're in, the wife is still the boss. I'm like, God, touch the wife, touch the wife, touch the wife, touch the wife. And so he gets off, and he's like, okay, let's go. I said, let's make some money. All right. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go to sleep. I pulled out $20. I put it on his console. I said, if you need to stop at a gas station for some coffee, get a honey bun or whatever, some zingers, just there it is. Night, night. <laughs> I went to sleep. I couldn't sleep, you know. I couldn't sleep at all. So I got about 45 minutes of sleep last night. But I want to, uh, there's some, some heroes that got me here. And I told them I was going to give them a shout out. Because uh, they're watching online. The first person I want to give a shout out to is American Airline uh, lady. Her name is Erica. Thank you so much, Erica. Thank you. Give it up for Erica. I was like, we're going to take a selfie. We're all going to clap for you. Thank you. Just get me home. And everybody say Caleb Joshua on three. One, two, three. Now that's her son's name, and I want her to hear you say her name. One, two, three. That was actually quieter. <laughs> Say it again. One, two, three. Caleb. All right. So her son is in college, and he's having a really tough time right now. And so she was like, will you just do me one favor, and will you pray for my son? And I was like, you know what? Our whole church will pray for your son. So don't forget to pray for Caleb Joshua. I didn't take a, a, a selfie with the bartender, but she's watching too. You know who you are. <laughs> Give her a round of applause. And, um, and then, of course, the angel from heaven, the Uber driver, 
We took a picture in front of Love's. <laughs> at, at like three in the morning. And uh, he, he was actually like, it was his idea to take a selfie uh, because he was like, my friends are never going to believe this. <laughs> I'm like, my friends are never going to believe this. We're going to take this out, you know. Um, but you know what's interesting, and, and now I'm going to transition into my message. Um, I actually wrote my message before um, uh, I started watching the game, and I just find it funny that the two situations kind of go hand in hand. I, I didn't realize while I was watching the game the, the price I was going to have to pay for not paying attention to what was going on. I didn't realize the price I was going to have to pay. The, the, the Uber was not free. Okay, and um, I am burning on about 60 minutes of sleep. So if all of a sudden I start preaching about David and Jonathan, <laughs> just know, just smile and nod because uh, I'm, I'm burning on fumes. I didn't realize, the game was good. The game was good, don't get me wrong. Um, it was a phenomenal game. The, the price was too big. Are you with me? The, the price was way too big. It's, it's not like I was 10 minutes late for dinner. Uh, that Uber cost me a chunk of change. I got no sleep last night. It was a big mess. It, it wasn't worth that. Are you with me? I'm going to talk to you today about Lot's wife. Um, because she was so wrapped up in everything except for what was godly. And she made three mistakes that I feel like we can learn from. The first mistake was is she did not know how to host the presence of God. She didn't know how to host it. She didn't know how to honor it, to respect it. Um, there's a lot of churches in the country, and this is my greatest fear. I was out to uh, dinner with some, some good friends recently, and I was telling them, I said, I get nervous every Saturday night. Not because I've been speaking since for 20 years, 21 years. I don't get nervous about the message. I can put the message together pretty quick. What makes me nervous is that this is just going to be church as usual. Three songs, offering, guy preaches, you go home. Like, I can't, I can't do that anymore. Not after 21 years. I just can't do it anymore. Is anyone, like, you just can't do that anymore? There's a, I, you know, people only come to church once every six weeks. I can kind of understand why. It's the same thing over and over and over and over again. I can't have that anymore. I can't have that anymore. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 33, verse 16, that it's His presence that separates us from the rest of the world. When you come walking in this room and you don't feel His presence and you don't come back, I don't blame you. There should be something in this room where you say, I, 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 I will be back. There's, I can send you a bunt cake and give you a coffee mug and say thank you for coming. That's not going to make you come back. It's his presence. Am I, am I, am I talking to anyone? Say yes. If you don't feel his presence, then why come? You can watch Joel Osteen on TV. 
You can watch this online. If you don't feel his presence, why come? And so there's a lot of people that they don't feel his presence. They don't know how to pray on their own and connect to his presence. They don't honor his presence. They don't think about his presence. Because there's other affections that they have that are far greater than his presence. There's other things in life that are more important. This was Lot. Now watch this. God looked down at the city of Sodom. He's like, I'm going to destroy this whole city. It's so full of sin. I'm going to destroy the whole thing. And so he sends two angels down there and he goes, get Lot and his family out. He's the only righteous guy in the whole place. The angels walk up. They come to his house dressed as travelers. They come into the house and, and Lot's wife pays them no attention at all. Now, you could say, well, she didn't know they were angels. They were dressed as travelers. No, 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 no. There was something different about those two people because there were, the whole town knew that those two men, there was something different about them. They tried to cover themselves up, but they, you can't cover the glory of God when it's burning inside of you. You can't cover it up. It, you know, some of you that you, you, you're like, I can't talk about God to everybody. I know it's hard not to. When you're on fire for God, you want to talk about it all the time. Am I right? Say yes. yes. And so there's something about these two angels. And so they come in and, and Lot washes their feet. Lot prepares them a meal. Lot feeds them. And entertains them. Now, in biblical culture, Jewish culture, in the Old Testament culture, that was the role of the lady of the house to prepare the meal, to host. Lot was doing it. Why? Because his wife could care less. She didn't honor. God. This is what's scary. Is in Matthew chapter 24 verse 12 it says this that sin in the last days sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. Does anyone here know anybody that used to be passionate for God? Passionate for God. Love the things of God and then all of a sudden they can live without it. Christmas and Easter only. And live without it. Not excited. Not full of expectancy. This is exactly where, Lot, where Lot's wife was. Number two. She couldn't handle transition well. See, our, if you are a Christian. If you are a child of God. Now let me just say this. If there's anyone here where you want to be a child of God but you're so inconsistent. And I feel like I just need to take a sidebar and say this to somebody in this room. It's not on my notes. I didn't say it in the first service, but I feel like there's somebody in this room that needs to hear this. You want to be identified as a child of God. But your life is so peppered with inconsistency, mistakes, and sin that you can't identify yourself with a child of God because your life is so peppered. Let me just say this. That God knows 
that you are made from dust. The Bible says that he knows that you are made from dust and he has compassion for you. And he knows in the same verse, he knows your frame. He knows what you're capable of and what you're not capable of. He knows that you're not capable of being as godly as you wish you were. But he knows you're hungry for it. He knows you're not capable of it. But he can see, because everything lays uncovered before God. He can see that you wish that you were. You know that you're not. He knows that you, have, you can't be godly. But he also sees that you wish that you were godly. And then he says this. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. He will make you righteous. Just don't listen to the devil and cause the devil to push you out of this church. That's the devil speaking to you. If it makes you feel down, if it makes you feel discouraged, that's Satan speaking to you. If it makes you feel full of hope, if it makes you feel cared for, if it makes you feel loved, that's God speaking to you. If you ever feel down and discouraged, you just say to yourself, that's not what God sounds like. Everybody say that out loud. That's not what God sounds like. One, two, three. It's not what God sounds like. And so she was transition challenged. See, if you're a child of God, you're always going to be in transition. Always going to be in transition. The reward for growth. Uh, I'm, I'm tired, so I need someone to help me. Pruning. The reward for growth is pruning. I've got this uh, thorn bush, rose bush in my backyard. It's the prettiest bush we have. It's mature. It's been there for five or six years. When it grows, it gets pruned. The reward for that bush growing is it gets pruned. I look at it and I go, oh, it's growing. It's looking great. Now cut it. Why? Am I trying to kill it? No. You're growing. You look great. But I'm going to have to cut you because you got, you, there's more for you than just this. See, God will look at you and see you in a season, in a springtime type of season where you're thriving and you're crushing it and you're doing good. And God, he's going to look at you and say, you're doing so good. Now I'm going to prune you. The reward for growth is pruning. So when you get pruned, you just back up and go, man, I am going through hell sideways right now. Oh, my goodness. Everything was fine six months ago. That means six months from now, every season is a preparation for the next season. Every season. Come on, put your hands together for that. Being prepared. You're being prepared for the next season. But she didn't like transition. Let me share this thought with you. Never let your comfort become greater than your passion. Sometimes you just got to shake yourself. If, you, if you're married, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Just because you don't have butterflies and like, oh, see, before you get married, it's like you write poems. You're so fine. You're so fine. You rock my mind. Hey, Allie. Hey, Allie. 
You go carve things into trees and picnic tables. There's, I used to have a friend of mine. He used to go to weddings and shout out, don't eat the wedding cake. There's something in there. Because after you get married, all of a sudden life sets in. And all those feelings seem to kind of, it's a little bit more of a challenge. So what do you do whenever you don't have those feelings? You go, I don't feel in love with you anymore. I got to go. No. You say, we need to go on a date. We need to go shut the door to our bedroom and and do the taxes. (laughs) I used to have a friend of mine. That's what he'd tell his kids. Hey, we're going to be go work on our taxes for a little while. When the feelings are not there, what do you do? You, you do something to get it going, right? Am I right? Say yes. yes. It's a discipline. You, you look yourself in the face. You're like, let's get this thing going. And if you don't get it going, you stand around and wait for those feelings to come back. It just gets further and further and further apart. There's certain times in, in transition where you back up and you say, I am too comfortable. I don't care about God and I don't care about church. And that scares me. And you get yourself going. You get your get get yourself get yourself going. Someone say that's good. Thank you. Somebody say he's talking good right now. Number three. She thought her addictions were her answer. See if if you've ever known anyone who's been addicted to anything, or maybe I'm talking to someone who is addicted to pornography, drugs, alcohol, whatever. In a moment of stress, they want to go to that addiction because that addiction is their answer. I need it. 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 This was Lot's wife. The presence of God is right here, but all of her friends and every sinful thing you could ever do is right there. And she loves it so much, her affection is for it. And you got angels in the presence of God sitting right there, and she's not feeling it. You will go through seasons where you're not feeling it. What do you do when you're not feeling it? Here's the deal. My prayer life right now is higher and stronger than it's ever been in my life. But I got to tell you, I don't like feel it. I don't even know what it is when you say I feel it. What, What does that even mean? It's a discipline. It's something that I do because I know, my brain knows, not my feelings, my brain. Psalms 56, 9, every time I pray, the tide of the battle turns. I'm going to go pray because I've got battles to fight. I'm going to go pray because I'm going to pray for somebody today or tomorrow or the next day. And I can't show up with an empty bucket. If nothing is in me, nothing can flow out of me. I better go get something in me. Dear God, I need you to move inside of me. It's one thing to have God in you. It's another thing to have God flowing out of you. The only way God can flow out of you is if he flows out of the overflow. If you got water in a cup and it's half empty, it can't come out. If it's half, if it's half, if it's now, if it's full and you shake it, it'll fall everywhere. 
I got to, it's got to fall everywhere. You come up next to me and bump into each other. We're going to talk about God and I'm going to get you pumped up. And if you're not pumped up, we're going to do CPR. I'm going to... See, Lot, Lot, Lot's wife, this was her issues. She didn't know how to honor the presence of God. She wasn't good with transition, and she thought her addictions were her answer. And this is a dangerous time to not recognize what's happening, especially in the world. I I look forward to sin in the world getting darker and darker. I actually look forward to it. I know that sounds crazy because the Bible says that as the world gets darker, his children will get brighter. And it's, it's, it's like God's, he's, it's like, hey, the problem has gotten bigger. I need to put a larger anointing on you. See, in Mark chapter 16, verse 17, it says, these signs shall follow those who believe. There should be healings and miracles, signs and wonders, not when the pastor comes around, when believers come around. Now, I've been praying my whole life for things like that to happen. And for whatever reason, God's sovereignty and, and perfection and timing, sometimes He picks certain places and people and churches and locations that He gets to decide. And for whatever reason, something happened in November of last year. I was out to lunch with uh, Todd Stevens two years ago, three years ago. It was his birthday. And he said, you know, I, uh, I, I had a dream last night that the people in our city would know that Celebration Church was the place to go if you need a healing. Do you remember telling me that? How long ago was that? Probably three years ago. And I remember getting excited and nothing happened for three years. Nothing. Zero people get healed. Zero that I know of. I mean, we were pretty on fire with headaches. I mean, like we prayed for you like the next day it was gone, right? But that was it. Nothing, nothing outside of that. Um, but since November, I... Things have just been happening. This is the time where you step up and say, God, you're doing something and I want you to do it through me too. I want you to do it through me too because people are getting healed in this church all the time. People, we've got a a testimony next week of somebody who got healed online. They weren't even here. Let me say this. If you've ever been healed at celebration and you don't tell us about it, you're stealing God's glory. You need to email the church, call the church, find one of us and tell us. When you don't tell your testimony, you're stealing his glory. If I try to take the credit of your healing, I'm stealing his glory. We can never steal the glory of God. But God's doing something special in here. And I like sharing testimonies and, and so that you can hear it from the person that got healed. Last Wednesday, we had a worship night. We only do one on the first Wednesday of every month. People get healed here all the time. I stopped counting it like 167. But I want to share one with you that happened last Wednesday. 
Um, why don't you come on down? Um, uh, oh, shoot, I'm so embarrassed. Emily Bullen, Emily Bullen. Emily, come on down. She did such a great job in the first service. Um, uh, I just met, did, did we meet before Wednesday? We met like a Wednesday before the Wednesday. Before that Wednesday, I got it. Tell everybody what happened last week. Uh, I came with my family to Wednesday night service, which I would encourage everyone to give a try. It's extra beautiful. And um, I fractured my back in high school 20 years ago. And when you have chronic pain, those of you that live with it, it waxes and wanes over the years and over time periods. And I'd had a killer week with my back. And my husband looked at me and said, go up there. And I I was already being stirred by the spirit and the spirit of the Lord was present. And I came and... um, I stood in line and I was the last of 10 and was watching Frankie and Dwayne go down the row and I was just curious and I was watching everybody and I was just kind of wondering if, if maybe this was my time. I came over the week when, what's the Clark guy's name? Randy I can't Clark, remember right. names yeah. either. Um, I came the whole weekend and experienced, I even came up that weekend and I didn't really experience healing, but I was cautiously hopeful yet still somewhat unbelieving of the whole healing thing. Um, so when Pastor Frankie got to me, he just put his hand on my back and asked what, what my issue was. And I said, I've, I've pain in my back. And he began to pray. And Dwayne was behind him praying. And you guys, my back just began to move. And it, he, Frankie looked at me and goes, did you feel that? And I looked at him and I was like, did you feel that? And um, I just swear my back was just, I felt it moving. I, I watched the uh, service when I got home because I wanted to see if you could physically see it moving because it was moving so much. I was just... I was blown away, and I was in shock. I kind of still am. And um, our God is awesome. And um, <laughs> he is. And over the years, he's healed me spiritually. He's healed me, healed me emotionally, but I wasn't buying into the whole physical healing thing. So um, I'm buying in now, and I'm so glad I came forward. And I really feel like my purpose today is if you're tempted or stirred or urged that you come forward. And whether you get healing today or not, he sees your faithfulness and he knows your heart. And I didn't get healed the first time. And I don't know why he chose me on Wednesday to work on my back, but he did. That's That's what I got. Very good. Thank you so much. I don't want you to slip. Thank you so much. Come on, let's give him a, a big hand. You know, our, our spiritual journey is, is so perplexing. And, and what I love about her, her testimony is her authenticity of saying, you know, I've been a little bit unsure of this whole thing this whole time. And the first time she came for prayer was when a guest speaker by the name of Randy Clark was here and she didn't get healed. And last Wednesday we prayed for 10 and, and I think three were healed. Not everybody gets healed, and I. She was the last one, and I, I don't know when somebody's day is today. You know, and let me encourage you for all of you who pray for people. You're just the mailman. You're not the one who sends the mail. You just when the mail truck comes to your house. They just grab and give. They didn't 
If a check comes in the mail, they didn't write the check. They just grab and give. If nothing happens, there was nothing that day to give. It's not their day. But for whatever reason, we're in a season right now where it's a lot of people's day. And he's, he's using you. He's using you. This is a season where I would look at somebody who is fighting the same battle that Lot's wife was fighting. And I would say, shake yourself. Wake yourself. God's got an assignment on your life. In Isaiah chapter 49, verse 1, it says that before you were born, he called you. From your mother's womb, he spoke your name. Before you were born, he called you. From your mother's womb, he spoke your name. This is, this is a time where you say, okay, I'm getting serious now. Uh, I'm not narrow-minded. I'm arrow-minded. I'm, I'm getting serious now. Why don't you stand your feet for me, please?